We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's IB Countdown to kickoff. We're getting ready. Notre Dame and Louisville. The gang's all here. Sean Styers, Jesse Styers, Instadario. We are off. We are rolling. Kicking this thing off. Well, um, I don't think any of us anticipated last week being what it was with Notre Dame's come-from-behind win overdue. I started to say heartbreaking. Heartbreaker of a win, maybe. You know, heartbreaking for, for Duke this time. Let me just start, you know, we're on a little bit of a time crunch, so there's no time to to, to dibble-dabble and dawdle and anything else today. Where does 4th and 16, Jesse, starting with you, where does it rank for you over the last 20 years in terms of plays for the Fighting Irish? So I think that, you know, that you start looking at some of their bigger games and some of those critical, you know, moments, and it's hard to kind of, remember exactly all of them but I think that in terms of this season it's a huge turning point for Notre Dame just because of you know you had you had the emotional loss to Ohio State the week before um, and then obviously when you're coming into Duke it's another night game you're a little shorthanded on offense and you you didn't execute as much as you want on offense but with your back against the wall um, the, the team found a way to win and that's the most important part to me that's the part that sticks with everyone that's what you're judged off of if you win um, and, and no one really cares how you win. No one's going to look three three weeks down the road when Notre Dame's playing a different opponent and say, mm, you know, Notre Dame only won that game, you know, on a last second drive to 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 seal it. But it, again, it, it's 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 a huge moment out in the season because uh, it's that turning point. You know, it's the difference between still staying in one loss and staying in contention, um, and, and and not falling down to two losses. So I find it as um, this season definitely huge and critical. And then when you start thinking of it all time. Um, I'm trying to again. I'm trying to think of some of those like critical moments in other games. Like it's not, it's not not as like you know like the the one I always think of is like the Bush Push game that was super close. Um, some of those well, see, and, but like this game. one, this one goes in Notre Dame's favor, and that's right. It is, and I'm it trying is to harder. think of like the only two that stand out to me. And Vince, I'll let you kind of jump in here. Yeah, I, I think I know where you're going with this. The two that stand out to me in terms of importance. A little bit different, but the goal line stand against Stanford, Bingo. keeping Stanford out in the rain in, in in 2012. Yep. And then 
In terms of dramatic offensive ending, I think it's like Samarja and you see, you know, Quinn to Samarja. Oh, you know what? I just thought of one. UCLA. I Go just ahead, thought Jess, of one. You've got one. With Deshaun Kaiser dropping it in to, to beat Syracuse. That's, oh, that's a good one. Oh, or even, even Virginia. Virginia, yeah. Virginia, like sorry. Against Virginia. The orange confused me. <laughs> Deshaun Kaiser to to uh, Will Fuller. Will Virginia. Fuller. Virginia, that's a good one. Yeah. I think that's the best comparison that now that I think of it because they should it not wasn't... even have been in that game. Like that that yep. like Virginia should not have been in that game. And then but you figure the the injury to you know the quarterback and yep. everything that went on. Yeah, that's that's a really good comparison, would be the Virginia game because that's one they shouldn't have lost, right? Like the, shouldn't have been that close. And that's how yeah. I felt about Duke. Shouldn't have been that close, but I felt that right. Notre Dame was still gonna win and be the better team. And the the first one I thought of was Stanford. Obviously, if we're thinking about Notre Dame on the positive side of things, the first one I thought about was Stanford, no doubt about it. Because that, but Stanford was deeper than that because there was still an issue for Brian Kelly and Stanford. Like they couldn't beat Stanford. Mm-hmm. Stanford was like the, the the dragon they couldn't slay, and yeah. and the so implications that was like a huge win, and then that win got even bigger because it propelled them to the undefeated season, right? I yeah. mean, and that was. You know, they, they had some close calls in that season, obviously, but that moment right there is the one you remember when you're thinking, okay, they were undefeated 12-0 in that season. Why were they undefeated? That goal line stand right there. It was defense, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that yep. that kind of encapsulates the whole season. So it's like I wonder, you know, how this season's going to play out. Do we look back at this particular game and think that's kind of the game that springboarded them into the rest of the season a lot of big games to come obviously but if they lost that game like jesse said they're done like it's over season's done you're praying for a new year six at that point like season's over and they they beat a team they should have beat by more no doubt about it the manner in which they did it was fantastic um but does this springboard them or do they stay kind of right there and lose to some teams they shouldn't lose to i don't know that's the thing they do still have some things to figure out i i still fall back on we probably didn't give duke we i know we didn't give duke nearly enough credit defensively i mean it was they showed they were a good a a really good defensive team that defense is legit mike elko did some things in that game you know could notre dame have countered we obviously think that they could have in some different ways that they didn't. Jared Parker's kind of talked about that this week. Maybe he needs to be able to adjust a little bit more in game. And I think that that's the biggest thing. Probably the biggest question for him right now is how he adjusts. But, you know, again, like in terms of a fourth and 16, we were, we were talking about it earlier in the week and, you know, what, what are we going to call it? What do you call this thing? You know, and like you heard in that video, Gino Gadulli, he ran for it on fourth and 16. Amazing. You know, it's like, I just think it's going to be called fourth and 16. That's how people yeah. remember it. I don't think it needs, you know, like the Sam shuffle or any of that kind of stuff. We've had some suggestions this week. I just think it's going to be fourth and 16. And it was just an amazing heads up play by Sam Hartman to be able to convert. It that. was. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The month of October is going to be jam-packed with huge games for Notre Dame. And ticket hunting for those games can be stressful, which is why you need to check out Game Time. Whether you're looking for last-minute tickets to this week's top 25 matchup between the Irish and Louisville, or next week when Notre Dame takes on USC, Game Time is the go-to place for you. That's where I went and got tickets to the Notre Dame-Clemson game for my mom and dad. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Where do you think Notre Dame would be right now if they didn't have Sam Hartman, if it was Tyler Buckner or Drew Pine? At quarterback instead. Not where they are now. They, I mean, they just wouldn't be. Like, we can all agree that Sam Hartman had his worst game uh, against Duke. There's, I mean, there's no no two ways about it. I think, you know, part of that was him. He had some accuracy issues. But part of it was the offensive line. I mean, he was getting – he had pressure in his face all day. And I think that made him gun shy a little bit as well uh, because he knew that he wasn't really hitting his mark and he wasn't able to really sit in there and throw the ball. Uh, I wonder <clears throat> if he was more on in the Duke game. Like maybe he throws that ball on fourth and 16. He yeah. had Rico Flores look like he kind of pumped at one point, I, I think for somebody. Um, but then he decided to tuck it and he's like, ah, I'm just going to go. Like, I, I mean, that kind of helped him as well. The fact yeah. that Flores was sitting there, it kind of froze those two defenders. He had yes. a safety over the top as we were talking about, you know, safety over the top in the corner down low. And I think it kind of froze them. Cause like, I'm sure they didn't, they didn't know exactly where Hartman was in correlation to the line of scrimmage and when he could go. So. They, they had no clue. They had no faith that he was going to run the ball on fourth and 16. Nobody yeah. did. 
Nobody right. did. Like I was yelling at my TV, like, no, you got to throw it. You, you can't run. Like, we, I think everybody was doing that, right? And so I think they were frozen in shock as well based yeah. on, on what went down. So, look, they they would be in, in dire straits because, number one, I don't think they have the games that they have the first four games. They probably win them. But I don't know that they win them in the manner that they did. Um, and, you know, do they still they still lose to Ohio State? There's no doubt about that. And I don't think I don't think with the way the team played as a whole that they win that game against Duke. Yeah, Vince, you brought up a lot of good points there. You know, Notre Dame was playing chess with uh, Duke on Saturday. It was a defensive chess battle between Elko. Well, you know, it's, I know it's not Elko's defense, but it it largely has a lot of influence from Elko and then you know Al Golden. And so you start looking at. You know, to me, that was potentially kind of the eight toughest, the eight toughest stretch of quarters that Notre Dame's going to face defensively this year, right? Uh, between Ohio State and Duke's defense, I really think that those are two of the top defenses that they're going to see all year, and they put them back to back. And so you start kind of looking at, you know, how Sam Hartman did and how that would stack up to to Buckner or Pine. And you know, you kind of said, I think that Buckner Pine can can navigate through Navy, Tennessee State. Um, I think NC State is a little bit of a closer game, like a one-score grinded-out type victory. Um, I don't think Central Mich- – I think Central Michigan would have been, you know, how we've seen some of those MAC games um, play out at home. You know, would have would have probably won, but we would have probably complained about how, how close of a finish it was. And then, um, like you said, I don't think Pine and Buckner – I don't think that they, they would have stood a shot against Ohio State and Duke back-to-back. So I think we'd be looking at, like, a 4-2 and two team at best here coming off two losses in a row – um, and, and there would be some a uh, little bit of hysteria or anything. Uh, so that that would be my my interpretation there. That's I agree. I, I think that they're probably four and two at best. The NC State game is much more of a grinder, and Hell it yeah. might have looked like last week's NC State Louisville game for that matter. And I think it's a I think that that's a toss up at best. They could very easily be a five hundred team right now if you don't have Sam Hartman. So you know, as as great as things looked early on they are in a little bit different place right now especially just in terms of what we perceive of this team coming out of this two-week definitely grinder between Ohio State and uh and Duke how differently do you think that everyone would feel right now how differently would you feel if Notre Dame had beaten Ohio State which, you know, everyone wanted, of course, but then you come back and lost a close game to Duke because they were right down to the wire, both games. They ended up doing it the other way around, but how differently would everyone feel if it had gone the other way and they win the Buckeye game, but they lose to the Blue Devils? Yeah, I think that they would be even... Um... How do I Are you waking people up in the court? Jesse's in a courtyard of a hotel out there. <laughs> Are you waking people up from the courtyard or like people coming out and telling you to be quiet? (laughs) This person just like randomly came to the window and was like, shh. I was like, well, I'm not that loud, but I'll try to, I'll try to whisper here a little bit. Not whisper, but I have these noise canceling (laughs) headphones. So I'm going to try to talk uh, just a little bit lower here. But, you know, if Notre Dame loses to Duke after beating Ohio State, I think the main thing that we would be saying is, you know, the trap game. Um, Did they how did they respond after winning the big one? Um, and to me, it almost would feel kind of worse at the end of the day, right? If you, if you beat in a team uh, like Ohio state and then turn around and lose to Duke. So 
Uh, I, I just think that, you know, how things played out, you, you don't want to lose. But if you're going to lose in the manner they did, I think it makes them hungrier for the rest of the season, right? But if you lose, if you beat Ohio State and start losing the teams less to them, you start falling into, you know, trap door games and, and people being a little bit more upset, in my opinion. I, I think they I think Marcus Freeman is being skewered if they win Ohio State, which would be a huge win, obviously. And mm-hmm. and he would have been getting all the flowers, you know, at that point. But then you turn around and you lose to Duke. You know what we would have been hearing? We would have been hearing Marshall all over again. Now, yep. Duke is a thousand times better than Marshall. A thousand yeah. times better. So it's the, you can't really compare the two, but the comparison is the week after a big game. And if he loses that game in two consecutive years, people are like, he's not ready to be a head coach. You're, I mean, you're going to hear all of that yeah. all week long. That's and the I, difference. And, I mean, let's be honest, he's already getting some of that, and they beat yeah. Duke. Yeah. You know? So, right. And that's – it's it's – there are a lot of important things to remember. I think, you know, like they played the Duke game without two, two of their top receivers, you know, and sure. like we talked about Sam Hartman didn't have that great a game against Duke, but one of his receivers who was, you know, coming into the season was supposed to be the dog had three yeah. drops in that game, three crucial yep. drops. Not well, not crucial. I wouldn't say all three of them were crucial, well, but you know, at least two of them. I still want them to catch them. They may yeah. not be crucial, but you still got to catch them. That's right. That's right. And that that matters. That yes. 50% looks a lot different, especially when you look at the yards. You know, and I mean, one of them was on that, that crucial game-winning touchdown drive. That drive looks a lot different. He doesn't have to convert fourth and 16, right. most likely, <laughs> if that catch is made. You know, but yep. that still comes down to Marcus Freeman when it was, was – thinking about setting up for a field goal and the one thing that I'll say maybe about his strategy right now and analytics came up at his press conference this week and he's talked about wanting you know SMA to go down at the one yard line and and use more clock and kick the field goal and stuff like that and I think and Vince this is probably something that you and I it's like as a young head coach when you're making those decisions for the first time like you can yeah, there's. I guess there's a difference between book knowledge and data and feel for the game. And I think that that's something that a lot of baseball managers, especially the old school guys, have had, sure. had to go through as they've dealt with the influx of analytics for the last few years. And like you look at a guy like Brandon Staley out there with the L.A. Chargers, and like this is still a guy – who is going to fall back to the analytics decision almost every time rather than you still have to trust your gut, you know, to, to a great extent. And like, as we've talked about, there were none of us, I don't think who wanted any part of a field goal try in a one point game <laughs> to, to try to win that. Especially if it was like, if, if Audric estimated only gained three or four yards, that's going to be about a 43, 44 yard field goal. If they just decide to go from there, yeah. Marcus Freeman seemed content to do that i think you you know you still as a head coach have to trust your your gut and what you're seeing from your your players in the game and not just go on well this is what the data tells me i should do and i think that that's that's still going to be a learning curve for marcus freeman and things we're going to find out about marcus freeman how much he's willing to kind of pull back on on some of that analytics and, and trust his gut based on what he's seen 
Yeah, I think it has to be like the perfect combination of like book smarts and street smarts almost at the end of the day, right? Like how are yeah. you combining the two to make the decisions? And look, I have no no issue with uh, looking at the data and, and using it as kind of like a guideline or a template. But like you said, at some points you just have to, um, what data doesn't take into account or analytics is just like you were saying, the feel of the game, the momentum of the game, um, and, and really, you know, the, the feel that you have for your kicker overall. Absolutely. Do you guys have any concern with the offense after seeing them score 35 total points over the last two games after going into Ohio State? They had been over 40 points in every game. Sure. Yeah, Yeah. I I think that it's like, um, you know, you want your offense to always – you know, put up the numbers and, and, and get touchdowns and have so many, you know, even if you have successful drives that are ending in field goals, you just want to see points, right? Um, and and that's the main thing. But like I said just a little bit ago, this is, to me, the toughest window that they're going to play in terms of, you know, defense over the next eight quarters. Um, but, you know, what you now have to look into account is now they're back on the road. It's not a night game, and they're going to be at home against, you know, one of their biggest rivals and one of the teams that has the biggest implications on the rest of their season. So, I think you don't necessarily need to get caught up in what we have or haven't done offensively the last two games. I think you just need to reset. And like Marcus Freeman says, you know, we focus on it one play at a time, one week at a time. But I'd be lying if I said that, you know, overall I had it, wanted to see more offensive production. And and that's just because of, you know, how well the defense has played overall. You want to you want to help your defense in these in these close games because they're not they're just not going to get a stop every time. And then, you know, in these close games and as they get later down the road, um, and and it, the, those those stops or that they do or don't get defensively are just more amplified, you know, just depending on what the offense is or isn't doing um, as well. So, you know, has it been as good as I've been wanting it to be? No, but I think it'll get better. And I think, again, they've played their toughest stretch. Uh, that's in the past now. Well, and we've, we've seen this offense be good, right? I mean, we, we've seen them average over 40 points a game. We, we've seen them be successful. We've seen Sam Hartman make plays. We've seen a lot of – We've seen every offensive player at some point or another make plays on a consistent basis. The issue I think we all have – let me finish that first point. We've seen them all make plays, so we're not like wishing upon a star that the offense is going to get better. You know what I mean? We've seen the better. We've seen it. We've seen it this year, right? And we've seen Jared Parker be incredibly creative with the offense. You know, we've seen Sam Harmon just – playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers. Like we've seen all of this. Now you hope that last week was a one-off. I mean, that that's what you hope as a fan. You hope that it was a one-off. The offensive line played terrible. They only had three wide receivers, you know, uh, and they didn't, you know, one of the three didn't play very well. And one was a true freshman who made freshman mistakes. Like I'm not going to say Rico Flores didn't play well. Cause I thought he played fine. He made some freshman mistakes. Right. And so, um, I think that you just hope that, okay, guys, we got to flush this last one. Yes, we won, but like offensive line, you can't play like that again. Like all five offensive linemen didn't play well. Joe Alt got beat around the corner that one play. And I realize it's one play, but like that doesn't happen to Joe Alt. You know what I mean? Like the other four guys had their worst game of the year. All five of them had their worst game of the year, no matter how, you know, how you measure it or whatever. They all had their Mm -hmm. worst game. So you hope that this is a one-off. They can kind of regroup, get back together. And again, it's tough. Four night games in a row, two of which are on the road. Like all of those things all factor in. There's no doubt about it. Now you're getting these wide receivers back. I think 
you know, I, I, I'm hoping that Jared Parker learns from this. Marcus Freeman learns from this. They can rebound and all of that. But it is there, – there's still a piece of my mind that's like, okay, we, we've seen the offense at its worst. We've seen the offense at its best. We need to find a happy medium someplace, hopefully more so towards the best. I think we're going to see an improvement this week simply because of the fact that, again, it's like anytime – you know, one, we get these games that they're all one-off situations, right? Like as you go through the week, you get a game, we react to it all week, we start to talk about the next game, then we're going to react to that one the next week. We don't. Most of the focus that we have is always going to be on the team we're covering, and that's, of course, Notre Dame from our perspective. We don't give nearly as much credit, I think, to the other team that they're playing, you know, for, for causing some of the things. Now we know that some things were self-inflicted like drop balls, penalties, penalties, penalties you know, some penalties. of the, some of the mental things and stuff like that. We know, we know a lot of that was self-inflicted. You clean that up. It's different, but the other side is still like Ohio state and Duke are both top 10 scoring defenses in the country. Ohio state's number two, Duke is number seven. They combine to allow less than 20 points per game. So, like, if you want to look at it on the bright side, the 35 points based on what those two teams allow, Notre Dame has actually scored almost double what those two teams allow, you know. Again, not absolving anything because if Notre Dame adjusts a little bit better, plays a much more clean game, like half as many penalties, especially the false start type stuff, and makes a play here or there, they left some points out there on the field. You know, we know that they can be better. So I'm not completely absolving them for what they did against these two teams, but I'm still at least willing to look and say, look, these were two really good defenses. They played a part in causing some of what Notre Dame was not able to do against them. So I think that just kind of by by natural progression, the fact that they're not going to see any defenses that are as good as what they just played in this two game stretch, that it is going to get better naturally. You That's know, good point. In terms of this game, Louisville, the ACC regular season winning streak now is at thirty games. And Notre Dame trying to make it thirty one as this thing continues. It, as you look at this streak, is there any downside to it? you think? And I'm interested to see kind of what your takes on this might be. Honestly, I hadn't really thought about a downside. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's added pressure, I guess, would be the only downside. Like, you don't want to be the team that loses that first game and breaks the streak, like that kind of a thing. Like, I guess I get that part, you know? Um, but, like, there, <clears throat> depending on certain streaks, like, when, when there's a streak out there and you know – and that, and that streak was started by, you know, guys that aren't there anymore, right? Right. Like the, the, the high school that I'm at, they got they had an amazing streak where they – in conference, right, for that lasted like 20 years. And that team that lost that streak – They're always the one that's going to be stuck with it. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so th- this is a little bit different, obviously. It's not quite that long. But at the same time, you don't want to be that team that loses that streak. You know what I mean? And so that would be the downside as far as I can tell. Uh, Other than that, they just got to go out and win. I don't know how important it is to them. I think it's more important to us than it is to the team. Let me just throw 
because you guys know that I'm the anti-conspiracy theory guy. I always kind of like, you know, whatever, you know, like, but after seeing the way these games have been called yeah, and with all the conference realignment stuff that's going on and, you know, like Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner was at the game last week and just all this, like, I'm, I'm starting to think that that maybe there is like an ACC, like an internal ACC anti-Notre Dame thing. Like when you look at it, like and I saw people floating around the number of penalties that have been called on Notre Dame versus the ACC opponents that they've played. It, it wouldn't be the first time that there has actually been, you know, like internal, you know, like the stuff with the NBA a few years. But I would not be completely shocked if uh, – if there is uh, an ACC agenda, it's like this winning streak it. has to end at some point. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, like, I just well, on that again, I'm not the I'm not the I'm not the conspiracy theory guy, but I do wonder if there's something to it as this winning streak continues now at 30 and whatever it ends up being. That like maybe the ACC, there might not be an official memo that's gone out, but there might be an unofficial. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, it doesn't look good for the ACC when its best team isn't even a part of the conference or its most successful team yeah. isn't technically a part of the conference. But, you know, to me, the ACC can kick rocks because Notre Dame is still <laughs> bringing in revenue, and that's really all that should matter to them is what the, the revenue numbers compared to everyone else. So, you know, they can get over I don't think there's really a downside to the 30-win thing, and I don't even think the players know it or, you know, the, the coaches might know of it, but it's not something that they're like, you know, "Quote unquote bulletin board material or something that they use to pump the guys up is, you know, it's just another game of going out there. And so, you know, unfortunately, it's going to end. But like, it's such an impressive streak at it whenever it does end, right? And so, yeah. I, I just don't think that there's really anything negative at this point. I don't think anyone's going to like to the the next day the media is going to be like, oh, Notre Dame finally lost after you know X amount of straight games. It's just, you know, it's just one of those nice things that has naturally started to accumulate over the years. And I don't, I really don't see a downside if they eventually lose." By the way, I feel like Jesse is uh, doing his gym dance. Hello, friends. I just hope my volume is still good. I'm yeah. really kind of scared. Like that that guy that came to the window was kind of like creepy looking, and it was. <laughs> I thought he was gonna give me like one of these afterwards, like if I don't if I don't be quiet. So this is just the lengths. This is the lengths for our our viewers and listeners. The lengths that IB is willing to go to to bring you all this programming we uh because of schedules and you know just different things it's actually jesse's in california as we're doing this and it is early in the morning it's uh what maybe 4 30 in the morning now something like that is that <laughs> yeah it is around 4 30 in the morning <laughs> it's you don't want to wake up big brutus at 4 30 in the morning i know <laughs> let's I mean, uh it's like it's it's loud out here i don't know how, i mean i know i'm loud but like there's other loud stuff out here <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little about Louisville. 
That is the opponent. You got former Purdue head coach Jeff Brom in his first season there. Interesting quarterback that they're going to face in this game. Jack Plummer. It's going to be the third straight year that he's played Notre Dame with a third different team. He was with Purdue two years ago. He was with Cal last year. And now, of course, he comes in here reunited with Brom, who was, again, the head coach at Purdue. He and Brom are Purdue, are, uh, are uh, reunited, rather, with Louisville. Here's Marcus. Confusing. And, and we're going to try to. We're going to try to give him some different looks, but it is hard confused because he's seen everything, right? You're talking about the There's no substitution for experience. So he's seen a lot of different things defensively, and, and he makes decisions quickly, you know, and that's the one thing that, uh, I've noticed even just watching him through these, this, these couple games at Louisville is that, man, he's making fast decisions. He knows exactly where he's going with the ball, and um, he's doing a good job of putting it where it needs to be. So we got to be good in our pre-snap disguises and try to give him some different looks um, and, and not just give him one or two looks and uh, try to get him to hold it a little bit. And uh, if we can get him to hold it, then we're going to try to get pressure on him and, and try to affect him that way. He's got some interceptions already. He had two last week in their narrow win, 13-10 to over North Carolina State. He had a couple earlier this season against Murray State as well. I mean, they do have an explosive offense. They're second in the nation in plays of 30-plus yards. They lead the nation in plays of 40-plus yards this season. They run the ball pretty well as well with Jahar Jordan. Vince, what do you think of this Louisville offense? I think, I mean... You know, there's a couple national pundits out there that think that Louisville should be favored. So I think that's uh, that's interesting. It's and just crazy the way this the, the, the whole cycle works. I had to like bring you it get up. late in the week, and it's like time to bring up or not yeah. not. I'm not mad at you, but it's like uh, okay, here come I the know. hot takes now. Here we go. I know, ridiculous, but anyway, I look. If you're telling me that their best attribute is offense then I say bring it on against Notre Dame's defense. <laughs> like, I I have complete faith after last week and, and the week before, to be honest, the outside, you know, on the last drive, yeah, okay, I get it. But, like, I have complete faith in this defense. And I also have complete faith that Jack Plummer is going to throw the ball directly to Notre Dame a couple times. And this offense has something to prove, that, meaning Notre Dame's offense has something to prove after the last couple of weeks. And Louisville's defense is not good. They're not good. Right. And so – if they turn the ball over to Notre Dame and you give you give Notre Dame good field position, this game's going to be over quick. I I know that sounds very pro Notre Dame, but if you just look at the matchups, Jack Plummer is not a great quarterback. Yes, he's got Louisville undefeated, but I don't think it's because yeah. of him. You know what I mean? I just right. I've never been impressed with him. I, I just haven't been, and I think they're going to be able to get pressure on him. Uh, I think they're going to be able to force him into some mistakes and. You've got to have a run game in order to sustain a good passing game. Notre Dame's proven they're, they're going to shut he, down a run game. He really leans on play action. Jesse, that's yeah. something we talked about earlier this week. He needs that play action and the threat of that run game to yep. really make the passing game go. Yeah, I, I'm just not worried. I'm just not worried. Yeah, so like if you start looking at some of the, you know, the Jake Plummer stats over the season, right? Like, He's thrown an interception in every game except his Boston College game. He's got six interceptions in five games. So, you know, he averages about an interception per game. That's really not great. And you start looking at his QBR. It's about, you know, middle of the the nation in terms of ranking. Um, He had one standout game against Boston College, nearly thrown for 400 yards and five touchdowns. But it's like, come on, as Boston College, everyone can kind of, you know, beat up on Boston College. And then, 
you, know, you start looking at the games uh, as a whole. You know, they, they they barely snuck out a win against Georgia Tech. They dominated Murray State, barely snuck out a game against uh, IU, battled out with Boston College, and, and then again snuck out another game against North Carolina State. I I think the thing with, with Jack Plummer is is you just got to shut down their run game because it, it, it'll cut his game majority down because of what you talked about, the play-action pass. That's just – that's his bread and butter. That's how he wants to uh, run the offense. So I think as long as you, you get, you shut down the run game, um, Jack Plummer is nothing to be worried about. And if you force a couple of turnovers, you're really going to have things going your way. Yeah. I mean, in the two games that he's played against Notre Dame, to his credit, he hasn't turned the ball over, but Notre Dame has sacked him eight times in those games, including six last year against now, granted yeah. again, just like with Sam Hartman, he's on a different team, you know, cause like, Again, like you've got, you got some of the national people saying, well, it, the wrong team is favored in this game. It should be Louisville, whatever. And then you've got these Louisville people who are trolling Sam Hartman, calling him a yeah. turnover machine for some reason. You know, even though it's like, okay, but he had like one mediocre game at Louisville <laughs> a couple years ago. And right. now all of a sudden he's a turnover machine, whatever. It is interesting, though. When you look at a guy like Howard Cross, who had the monster game against Duke last week, and thir- you know thirteen tackles last week against Duke, his previous big game, eleven tackles, blowing up the Cal offensive line when Jack Plummer was the quarterback there, he was a wrecking machine in that game against Jack Plummer and the Golden Bears. And I, I agree, their offensive line is not that good, their defense is not that good as well. So. I, I I just I don't see this being you know like you look at Notre Dame's secondary they've contended with the best set of receivers they're going to see I realize these yep. guys are good Thrash and Huggins Bruce I'm not trying to take anything away from them those guys are good but they're not they're not Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buka in that crew exactly yep that's exactly right it, it's a completely different scenario it is. You know, as Jesse said earlier, Notre Dame's not going to face, or I think it was Jesse, it's early, uh, said, you know, they played their best two defenses that they're going to play, right? I mean, and and this offense is ready to take back off again. And they're going to need to, obviously, because we've talked about it a million times, 35 points in two games is not going to win you a national championship. And I realize we're a ways away from a national championship, but you got to score points. You have to score points. Defense can get you there. But once you're there, you've got to be able to score points against good defenses. So they need to get they need to get their swagger back a little bit. I think this is the perfect game to do that.
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.